paid in full. Bitch, I think I'm money miss. I think I'm Rico, but won't shoot you more than brick. Paid in full. I bitch, I think I'm ice. Bitch, I think I'm money, Mitch. I think I'm Rico, but I ain't gonna shoot you for them bricks. Pay the full. Alright, we're back once again, folks, live in Greenwood. Bonjour, shalom, and what's up? And welcome to our first ever live show. It's also episode 85 of How You Living. And it's also three year anniversary. I know. It's, it's crazy. Three years. Three years. Uh, we didn't start as necessarily a reaction to Trump. It just worked out that way, folks. A little bit. A little bit. And uh, now we're like, you know, in the final throes of uh, the first term. And, you know, I thought it'd be a good time to reflect back on the first three years. Not necessarily a full callbacks episode or whatever, but just kind of like, you know, going over what we thought, what we think, um, what what it's all about, why why we started doing this. Uh, where we should continue towards into 2020. This is also the end of the decade. Well, I mean, technically no, but you know how people are. And this um, time, we are recording live in Greenwood from the, uh, we'll call it the Just Paid Rent Studios in the McHale Compound. Just as Paid Rent! As opposed to the Chaz Tower. We will be back in the Chaz Tower Million Dollar Studios soon. Uh, just taking a little hiatus over here. Hello to anyone who clicks on the link on Facebook Live. I guess it's probably through the How You Living page. Yep, we're going live through the How You Living page. So, uh, you know, those who follow us don't know. Uh, you can come through. Uh, right now, we won't be, like, having any guests call in and that. But that might be, you know, something we'll do in the future who knows who knows there are so many options let's just make sure we got the soundboard all right soundboards live we are live Chaz, this show always starts with a simple question that i ask you and that is how you living man you know it's pretty good it's pretty good it's the end of the year you know selling things up in life getting psyched for the new star wars movie coming out it's coming out i'm trying to figure out how i'm gonna use my days (laughs) off uh both to relax, recharge, but be a little bit productive too. So there's that. Um, other than that, uh, not much else to report. Uh, if you follow me on my um, when, when I stream uh, video games and such, like I'll be doing some stuff for that over Christmas. But uh, yeah. I'm going to take a look at see if I can read some of the comments this way if people are like getting blasted sound wise we'll be able to uh to know. Um yeah, no, not much going on in my life either specifically uh changed since the last episode. Uh you know, I'm waiting on the snow to be falling in the mountains here as we oh, get to the ski season as a snowboarder, it's a big deal for me. Uh we just got kind of uh, a good 13 inch uh dump of snow in the uh the mount baker area this last weekend so they're opening up as of today oh so i'm gonna get up there uh but you know if that's kind of it for our intros we do like to start with a segment the original segment of this show and that is a little segment called callbacks otherwise known as callbacks I'd play the uh, intro, but I'd, uh, I'm just trying to click through and see. Someone commented something, but I haven't seen what the comment is. I guess you have to like click on something on the screen, huh? Your comments will appear here. Okay. 
Well, there you go, folks. This is, uh, you know, podcasting live. This is how it works, man. You gotta, <laughs> you you get the technology, you plug it in, you, right. you, you get the kinks out of it. You hope you hope everything works. You know, you never you never know specifically what's gonna happen. But uh, you know, we are in our first segment, so we will go ahead and play the original. Callbacks. Yeah. On the callbacks. Yeah. Callbacks. What are some callbacks that you have, Chaz, for the listeners out there? Well, of course, we're in the throes of impeachment. And finally, um, after about three weeks of deliberation and interviews and all sorts of stuff, uh, we did see that there were two articles of impeachment. Oh, hi, there's a person. Hey, person. Say hi. <laughs> you got to um, ignore it and just go on with the show, man. That's going to be one point I would make with doing a live stream. <laughs> you got to keep the show content going because there are people who are listening as of the uh, the podcast version, MP3. So you got to you gotta give the show to them, and then it's a little special thing for the people that watch. Okay. All right, yeah. so what are your callbacks? <laughs> Stopped watching anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... But yeah, so there's two articles of impeachment, if I remember off the top of the dome, but maybe you can do some research uh, and make sure I get it right. It is uh, one is abuse of power and the other is obstruction of Congress. Uh, And I mean, like we we, like we still think the whole idea is, well, for those who don't know, like impeachment is just supposed to say, hey, president, uh, we think you did something wrong. uh, And these are the things we think you did wrong. Uh, and I agree with it. I mean, it'll probably, in, in, at least on the Judiciary Committee, that needed to vote on it for it to go out to the House floor. It was like 23 to 17, and that was squarely on party lines. So you'll probably see the same things happen in the House once that happens. Uh, we don't know what'll happen with the, the moderate Democrats that won in locations that usually go red, which is, seems to be a bit of a concern. Um, I need to do a little bit of research to see if they would still have the numbers um, to put the impeachment um, in to to the Senate for a trial. Uh, so, but it, it it most likely should go to trial in the Senate, and then the Senate, being of course a majority Republican, is likely to acquit. Uh, but it'll be very interesting to see exactly how the trial period goes, if it goes kind of long, kind of short, because uh, I was actually just uh, watching and learning about Andrew Johnson's impeachment, and his whole impeachment was about that he got rid of a cabinet member uh, when other people didn't want him to, but his thing was really political because it was right after the... Um, uh, right when Reconstruction was happening. Okay. And he didn't get ousted from the presidency because of one vote. If somebody else would have voted for him, I think it was like 37 to uh, 19 or something. Um, if somebody would have voted for him, he would have gotten removed from office. But, huh. right. And people are saying that, like, that's good to look back at that. Uh, when you want to do an impeachment for solely political reasons, I don't. I think because of how polarized we are, it might look like he's getting impeached for solely <clears throat> political reasons. Because I don't think if the House won in a landslide for Blue in 2018, we'd even be seeing an impeachment right now. But right. Uh, but I do think he's done enough things where we say, uh, President, we think you've done something wrong that it should be done. Uh, I just don't think it'll lead to him being um, ousted in office. And, yeah. Right, which is always kind of the, I think, 
hasn't actually happened yet. I think because with, uh, yeah, Andrew Johnson wasn't removed, and then uh, Clinton wasn't officially removed. Mm -hmm. And then the only person who's left office early, other than dying, is Nixon, who resigned. Yeah. Who was clearly probably on a path to be impeached. Oh, no, no. The articles of impeachment were drawn. Right. And they were going to vote on it. He resigned before they could fully say we're going to put you to trial in the senate right and a lot of that people think is because he was worried about um like criminal trials after the fact because mm -hmm. it, the trump is right to a degree it, it is really hard to pin criminal charges on a sitting president as far as we know it might not even be possible i mean obviously if we see them murder somebody that might be different but there's a lot of kind of corruption charges or influencing of government charges mm -hmm. type things that we're not even sure we can actually pin that on a sitting president um, with their pardon procedures and whatnot. Um, Self-pardoning is something we're not exactly, we haven't crossed that bridge yet. You know, there's a lot of um, kind of theory and, and, and speak about it, but it, in the in the sense of uh, Nixon, he resigned and appointed his new vice president because Spiro Tiagnu was getting investigated mm -hmm. and then it just kind of happened to be pardoned by that new um, president. So it was kind of a, a backdoor way to be like, hey, what if I put you in power? Can you be sure to like pardon me? And uh, and and that's what happened. So. Um, I don't see Trump doing that because I, I think Trump's not worried about getting removed. I don't think Trump's worried about losing this next election either, which is um, a little uh, intense, you know, uh, wondering kind of where we're going to be come November 2020 as far as his uh, who he's running against. But right. Well, I mean, I have like about three things to add to that. Well, one, the president can only pardon federal crimes, not state crimes. Um, so if he has crimes that he's going to be, uh, prosecuted on for the state, he still will be, um, regardless if he wants to give himself presidential pardon power Two, impeachment doesn't have to include everything that is, uh, illegal or extra. Well, it can include things that are extra legal. The whole point of the process is to say, Hey, Mr. President or Mrs. President or NB president, um, we think you did something wrong and the articles of impeachment are here are the things that we think you did wrong right and then the trial is supposed to say well because they think you did something wrong should you be removed for these wrong things um and then other than that i think for for this uh something that we talked about when we first started doing the podcast about like um he he's not worried about getting reelected when i was looking up uh a, a friend of mine posted something where there's this billboard from a republican group saying uh what is the president hiding and it has uh, um a bunch of people tied to the president like mick mulvaney and uh rudy giuliani with a uh, duct tape over their mouth and it's like what is he hiding right um because and that's where the whole obstruction of congress thing comes in because anytime uh the house intelligence committee or the house judiciary committee wanted to interview uh someone as a part of trump's staff or, or something the white house said no mm -hmm. um and you can't really get all the information that's going out there and just how pernicious the whole we're not going to give you the funds to buy these missiles that you're basically going to pay back to us for the missiles because this is how this works because it's weird uh unless you do some investigation on a hunter biden and and by virtue uh joe biden and so so it's very interesting that a group was doing that so i think right now like it is still going to squarely fall on party lines 
and but I do think at least someone needed to like it's one of those you got to call someone out on their shit. And if you don't call someone out on their shit, then you're just going to keep doing it. Right. Right. But you at least got to show to people that you're calling them out on their shit. But, oh, what I meant to say is that, like, if you look at, um, I, I can't pull it up now, but if you type into Google the United States of Apathy and you look at in the 2016 election the individuals who didn't vote for a multitude of reasons, um, you'll see that that person, um, as been said many uh, times, would have won the presidency by a landslide. Uh, so I think going into 2020, um, even if we don't know who the candidate is yet, even though we're just under 50 days to the Iowa caucus, um, I think we do need to spend a lot of time making sure the people who can vote do vote. Um, going out there and getting more voters registered. Right. Um, and, and then definitely as we go through and start looking into the caucuses as well, too, because I want everybody who can go to the caucuses to go to the caucus and caucus for the uh, candidate that you want to be the presidential candidate the most. Um, and that we need to make sure that there's people where, cause there's going to be a lot of voter suppression efforts out there. Um, there's been a lot of states that have been closing down the voting precincts in different areas to making the lines long. So even if it's just simple as like, I'm going to be a person that's going to make sandwiches for the people who are waiting in line on election day. That way, like, you know, it's not like, oh, crap, I got to get out of line or, oh, crap, um, I got to, you know, pick up my kids from school. Like giving like, you know, using our community to facilitate an environment, even though there's a lot of things going against it that allow people to have their voice heard and their vote counted. So and so I think like that's like from a structural standpoint, I think that's the type of things I'm going to try to promote. I'm going to be looking into groups that are definitely working on voting in general, like, you know, making sure that voting rights are better across all 50 states. But as they are right now, just like making sure people have the right IDs so they can have their vote counted, uh, making sure they know where their polling stations are, uh, making sure that, you know, we start having more like political parties where, you know, where we sit down and we talk about the people we actually want to have as candidates before we go to the caucuses and stuff like that. So because I think that's right now is what's important. I think it's probably less important to worry about like is Trump going to get reelected? And I think more about like if you don't want Trump to get reelected, here's are the things you got to do based in the environment we exist in now for that not to happen. Right, right. And that's you know, and that's important is uh, that these parties are doing the groundwork uh, to be inclusive in the areas that they're um, getting people out to vote. We're making, uh, and it looks like kind of as a whole as a nation, we have been making the access to vote easier. Um, over time, you know, with the mail-in voting and the motor voter laws and the mm-hmm. types of things like that, where when you go to get your driver's license, they register you to vote. Um, and having you, yeah, you can drop your ballot off at these 20 different spots a day of, but if you drop it in early, you can just mail it. Um, and I think I think bringing access to the vote, it's going to just expand the electorate and, and make it, uh, you know, eventually possible, theoretically, kind of, 
for additional parties to make a way in this in this world you know if we can get the voices of the people out there we can start to see this kind of and we're seeing it right now in the democrats with the kind of what we call a standard democrat versus like a social democrat mm-hmm. kind of standings and those could eventually branch off into to separate parties if the electorate allowed it if there was actually uh, movements behind those types of things and people could you know idaho could have a specific type of environmentalist republican party you know because they do think that like hunting and mountaineering and and the rivers and lakes and the cleanliness of them is important and so mm-hmm. you could have a, a climate change based republican you know uh if if though somehow conservative values were important to an area uh and looking forward with that you know i think um trump isn't a fluke necessarily but what he is is he he is uh an instance of the uh problems with the system right now as far as he you know the republicans didn't even want him necessarily if you look at the caucuses if you look at john mccain in 2016 you know and he still got in there you know and um as we look forward to 2020 we just kind of want to make sure that we're not um, falling into the same ruts of 2016 as far as going against somebody like him, but at the same time noting kind of what he did to get there. Um, we are going to have to speak to people's hearts and minds, you know, and specifically emotions and things, things that uh, his side of the Republican Party has been able to do. They don't need necessarily facts all the time, which is kind of where this whole fake news came out of, because they make people feel a certain way. You know, and so we have to have a response to that. We have to make people feel a certain way uh, in the direction of the Democrats with climate change, with, you know, importance of uh, immigration laws being functional, but also humanitarian and um, recognizing the issues of minorities, recognizing the issues of the economics of our country and not just kind of like putting the corporations in your back pocket and having them kind of direct your your leadership goals and things. So uh, I'm hopeful for 2020. You know, each debate, I start to kind of see where the Democrats are going with the language now. And uh, I'm actually curious. I mean, it, it, you know, Biden is whatever the front runner right now, but it does feel like not everyone I know or talk to about being a Democrat is behind Biden. So I'm not sure if he's going to necessarily be the one that's there come the ballot you know? and i and i and think it's dangerous too to just look at democrats because i've said on the show a bunch of times i'm not a democrat right i'm an independent i'm not registered democrat at all okay. all right like i do watch the democratic primary because the person i'm going to vote for is likely going to come out of those debates but like like i just like being that person i'm like no i am not a democrat and i actually never have been a democrat mm-hmm. i've just voted democratically because it's mostly aligned with the things i've wanted right. or through complacency right um um, and I do wonder where that is too, but I did post something recently about like, um, a fair start project that did first pass the po- or sorry, rank choice to vote- voting, um, as a poll to see who it won. And for, and one of the interesting things I found is people born before 1970, Biden won in a landslide. Um, but people, um, born after 1970, Biden still won, but the numbers were a lot closer uh pete Buttigieg uh was i think two on that list i think bernie was three and then um warren was four okay uh so i thought that was very interesting about like who's that that there um and i thought i saw an interesting meme about uh centrism and how like obama won 
in 2008 because he postured as a progressive and i thought that was funny i mean uh, <laughs> i get that yeah. i mean i i mean as someone who followed that i mean I, I i support obama and i do think he was one of our better presidents uh but no he wasn't really necessarily mm-hmm. pre- he didn't hit all the the notes for a progressive candidate i mean especially if you go i mean everyone obviously likes to harp on the drone attacks is like kind of the first non-progressive kind of thing he did but um it, there's a lot of things and 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 some people would actually tank him for going for healthcare first they think there might have been a lot of kind of smaller hills he could have gone up and down on and actually passed when he had the 60 percent and then pushed through healthcare at the end of that um era going into the 2010 election um and, and i mean you know hindsight's 2020 mm-hmm. but he ended up just being embattled in the healthcare deal and then that ended up kind of rising up the tea party movement of the 2010 mm-hmm. and uh and it's kind of uh, trump to a degree is a result of the tea party movement you know oh he, yeah for sure that, that fringe um kind of libertarian edge of the uh of the of the republican party on a separate note from these things just to kind of tie into uh, our uh, look back the the Kukulbacks. Uh, I watched a documentary from Frontline on Syria. And oh, interesting! I just wanted to bring up a couple points because it is one of those topics that you really can't brush over. You can't actually like spend an hour and 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 really get at the root of it. But I just kind of want to talk about uh, the points that this documentary showed and kind of hit on this because we have spoke about it in the past. I think back when. Um, uh, Trump shot the missiles at the Russian airplane facilities mm-hmm. in uh, in Syria, um, and basically uh, the the point of this is that these conflicts continue, you know, and and Syria is 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 different than Iraq. It's different than Afghanistan, and uh, the humanitarian crisis that's come out of Syria is incredible like it is it is it is literally insane i mean each time they go for an area like right now uh there is a rebel held area called il dabib and it has um about three million people in it and so as of these last month and a half since trump pulled the troops from there and turkey came in and russia's still there uh it's displaced about ninety five thousand people mm. and that's just in the last six weeks so it's an ongoing struggle. It's something that I wish was 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 higher up on the agenda of the UN. I wish it was higher up on the agenda of America to get these um kind of areas settled get get figure out what we can do non-militaristically in order to give them um, the kind of basis they need in order to survive. Obviously, having Assad propped up by the Russian military doesn't help that cause Mm -hmm. because that's just kind of bringing it back to the way it was. Um, But as far as the points of this, um, the documentary was filmed by a woman named Wahad, and she um, was a journalist of sorts in the beginning. She was really just kind of like a journalistic student um, who right at the onset of the Arab Spring um, and the Syrian part, part of that, which was kind of later, it was like a year after the Egyptian-Tunisian um, uprisings, uh, recognized that this movement was something different and f- mm-hmm. figured to just start filming. So hmm. she started filming and she was uh, filming uh, several people, like students and things. And then she started filming this doctor who he had just became a doctor and he uh, was working in a hospital and kind of watching as uh, the movement grew and he became one of the premier uh, healthcare workers in Syria as the 
crisis got worse. So at the point of total collapse, eight of nine hospitals had been destroyed. Oh, geez. He was the director of the ninth. Oh, wow. And the only reason at that point in time it hadn't been destroyed is he had located a clinical facility that was being constructed the year before mm-hmm. all the uprising, and so it was on no maps. Oh, wow. And the Russians and the Syrian government were using maps mm. to to direct their air attacks to areas where they knew had hospitals. And so his basically was hidden because it wasn't on any maps. And it wasn't until they literally went street by street and got within a block of their facility and shot a rocket through. Oh my god! That they damaged the the final hospital. And uh, you know, I won't. You know, not the no spoiler alerts with documentaries. I feel like uh, <laughs> pay attention to news. But I'll, I'll let the the listeners go back and uh, and take a look at that and see if. Um, uh, any of it's interesting to you? It's really hard to watch. It's called For Sama, which is the name of her daughter that she has in the middle of the conflict. Oh wow! And um, and it's just it's a really good humanitarian viewpoint. I think we're probably going to see versions of this documentary coming out of the immigration crisis. We're going to see it coming out of um, the kind of what happens when um, people in Europe end up in other parts of Europe and starting Mm -hmm. over. We're going to see that side of the documentary too. I think this is just kind of that first uh, wave of the documentary that's actually talking about the conflict era of it. And um, it's, it's really hard to watch. It's, it's raw, it's bloody. And I just think people need to go out there and and see it. And I I just think we as Americans uh, can do a little more to be more aware of what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. As much as we participate in our government, in our politics, in our local area, and on this show, we always emphasize, you know, focus local if you can. Go to your city council meetings. Find out who your mayor is. You know, create a neighborhood organization if there isn't one. Uh, volunteer. All those things are true. But at the same time, look at the greater world and understand kind of what's going on in the pieces, especially when we're talking about these national elections because Trump does have a part to play ultimately in the these um, international situations or crises, however you look at it. So uh, that's my callback to uh, pay attention to Syria, folks. Uh, Yeah, and add on to that, because I know when you commented on people uh, don't really like uh, Obama for his things, I think that's a a greater criticism of American imperialism um, overall, because I think since I've been alive, there have been wars. And when there haven't been wars, there have been bomb strikes or drone strikes. Like Clinton did uh, drone strikes in Croatia in like 1995. Right. right? And then, you know. Kosovo. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So so I think there is always, I know when people speak very cynically about our government as a whole, when it comes to like government intervention, it doesn't really matter if they're red or blue. Like, you know, people are going to get fucked. Right. It is the way that people like to look at it sometimes. And I think, like, there have been some candidates in our race that have been talking about that, like the endless wars, like Tulsi Gabbard. That's what she's pointing to. It's like, hey, there are a bunch of things that we do as America um, that affect people around the world that that we think is justified. And we don't and we aren't being very critical of it. And we probably should start being more critical of it, because is it really us fighting for our freedoms or is it us, you know, uh, going in and asserting democracy in places where we have an entrenched interest to, like, you know, n- keep up the economy or something like that. So, right. like, I'm not as well-versed on, like, the details of it, but I do know, like, there's little small things where 
critiques of American imperialism are justified right. and should be looked at at a broader scale than just like, you know, Republicans start wars and Democrats do drone strikes. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and with that, uh, we are officially in episode 85 Woo-hoo. of the How You Live In podcast. If you're watching on Facebook, thank you again. If you're listening on the podcast, we appreciate it. Subscribe. Uh, give us a like on iTunes. And uh, it's always available at HowYouLiveIn.com. And uh, those are the places you can get this show. Um, so, Chaz... Now that we're in the episode, what's a kind of main topic that you've got for this week for our listeners? Or I know you were saying it's kind of a, a clip episode, look back. I mean, uh, a little bit, like, <laughs> because, like, it's three years, like, and we started this, like, right when, like, a month after he got elected, uh, but he wasn't in office yet, so we didn't know, like, how bad it was going to be. Yeah. And then, like, at the beginning of it all, it was just like, you know, oh, my God, you're doing what? oh my god you're doing what oh my god this is just blatant bigotry i can't i can't i can't right like and i mean it's funny too because yeah our second or third episode was called 2017 maybe not so bad <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> and oh, it was pretty bad it was horrible it was pretty bad <laughs> and but like you know trying to like figure it all out like you know trying to figure out the why behind the what um trying to figure out what to do then and then like you know focusing on you know at least trying to get the answers in the house um and when we were like take back the house in 2018 and sort of the surge of democratic report that just came through um and so now like we're going into 2020 and i think more so now i'm reflective on like what can i do to be like more physically politically active than just like doing this podcast which was like part of me to understand what is the political landscape that is like the end of the 2010s going into 2020 um what is the future going to hold for all the things and like what are people saying about certain things so now like going into 2020 i definitely want like i am still forever like on every episode i'm probably going to say we need ranked choice voting because every time you talk about more party members i'm going to or more parties i'm like we're not going to have more parties until we get first uh ranked choice voting it's going to be along party lines that first past the post is how you win right and like and as we've seen in that fair uh start thing that like people can still gain in support. We'll just see like who gets the second tier support, third tier support and all that. Um, and like, I've been maybe thinking about trying to put that together here in Washington as an initiative to see how well it would do. Uh, and because it did just get passed in, uh, New York city, um, for city citywide, well, it's all the elections that happen, um, in the city. Well, I shouldn't say that. I should say that, like, people who live in the city, when they vote, they'll have ranked choice voting. That that makes more sense. Uh, so, yeah, I do think it's a way for more voices to be heard. And I think it's better to say, well, like, especially if you see politics as, like, you're not waiting for the perfect bus, but you're going to hop on the bus that's going to the location that's closest to where you want to be. And then you can, like, make that decision, like, going down, like, oh, well, this person's, like, mostly into what I'm into, so I'm going to hop on this bus. But if I can't catch that bus, I guess I'll catch this one, right? Like, you know, you know how it works. And I don't know people who take the bus, but, like, if you drive <laughs> and, you know, this one main road is, like, really busy, you're like, I'm going to take, take this side street and still try to get to the same location. It might take a little bit longer, but I'm still going to get there. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of like that. 
Right. Uh, but yeah, so that that's what like in 2020, uh, I do want to focus um, a little bit more on like political action um, on things that are affecting our society, especially like, of course, with people who are being marginalized and and kind of just like a better, um, deeper critique of like systemic and institutional issues. Also being able to like explain that more um in a way that makes more sense because it's still even after being in, into this for like three years it's still really hard for me to simply explain what uh systemic and institutional um injustices are right uh but but yeah so but then i'm trying to think of like what's in the news right now that that's a little crazy i guess we can say congratulations to greta thunberg oh, for person becoming, of the year for becoming yeah time, time person magazine. of the year wow uh which is interesting because three years ago it was uh 45 so <laughs> so i i find like i find that juxtaposition interesting and i do find that like because there's um a lot of intersection uh between the fight for climate justice and economics right. um that a lot of the more pernicious world leaders like basario uh from brazil and of course our own president coming down on her for being very vocal and active in this um in this fight for doing something that will not increase the overall climate of our planet to where it would be um, inhospitable and then later on inhabitable for humanity. Right. Uh, so, uh, so I think that's good. And I do like that she's using her platform, at least this why like, you know, time person of the year is one of the more, most impactful and prestigious things you can get in our time now that she's, telling people to look up people we've talked about on the show, like Autumn, who's doing a lot of things for water conservation up in Canada, or um, uh, um, Hershey Ali's uh, daughter, who's been doing climate walkouts and stuff uh, for high school students. So I think it's, I think it does show how much that um, climate change, even though that is, again, a polarizing issue, I do think it's more of a polarizing issue based on... Um, the people who are going to lose out on money if we stop having fossil fuels be worth what they are right now. And that's more like speculatively what they are worth now, because based on how many things that we use, not just like our motor vehicles, our airplanes and even smaller things like our lawnmowers or right. even things like cooking. Right. So, right. Uh, and, um, and, 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 you know, the electronic right now, like it's, it's even the, production of the energy at this point because mm -hmm. you know a lot of these teslas getting plugged in around the country are, are really running on coal yeah you know and on oil burning and stuff and so uh you know we have to get the system at large improved and make sure that what we're doing is right and it's kind of like interesting because here in washington we have reasonably priced power because of the hydroelectric dams mm -hmm. but now we're kind of seeing the damage those did yeah. to the fish population, mm -hmm. which is now affecting the orca population. Uh -huh. And in turn, we have a spike in sea lion population and these kind of things that are this kind of chain uh, of events type stuff. We're, we're actually in Washington are going to have to look into the possibility of removing some dams. Mm -hmm. So how do we make the dams less impactful on the wildlife and maybe more efficient on the technology side, we're not going to be able to remove all the dams, but how do we limit the number of dams that we have to provide the amount of power that we need, mm -hmm. which is up to this point been considered kind of the free power 
um, in in the system as far as nationwide goes, you know, we we were kind of hailed as as having a renewable source. Um, it's now showing its its cards as as having some pretty big impacts mm-hmm. um and you know and that and that affects money too because there's the fishing industry there's the tribes and their mm-hmm. treaties um tourism eventually i mean people come here to they expect to have seafood and mm-hmm. fresh salmon and things so uh i do I, I understand what you're saying about the economics is directly linked with mm-hmm. our impacts on the environment um, I hate that the debate right now is whether or not we are making an impact. Right. As, yeah. As opposed to discussing how we can limit our impact. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the, you know, the, what do you mean there's climate change? It's snowing in D.C. right now. Right. And weather and climate it. are two separate things, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. We know, we know. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, and so I'm hopeful that, you know, we, we, we look at it from all angles as far as how we're going to go about um, solving these things and, and understand that, you know, there is no uh, silver bullet, you know. Not at all. The, the Tesla has some pretty nasty things that are used to make its battery system. And yeah. So, you know, and so we really have to look at everything as a whole mm-hmm. uh, before we just kind of anoint something as the, the grand solution, so... Um, but also I don't think we should turn a, a blind eye on it. I don't think we let it go, which is kind of, I want to say to a point, a Republican kind of narrative, which is well, mm-hmm. we can let it be like we have, it's, we were on a 50,000 year cycle kind of thing. You yeah. Know? <clears throat> yeah. Like blatant obfuscation of the problem is one of the things that has frustrated me the most for this three year period. And I feel like I don't have a good way to message that. Other than, like, you know, trying to be direct and pointing it out when I see it happen um, and everything like that. But uh, uh, what else I was going to say about that? Like, also, um, some recent things that I've seen from some spaces I'm in is the idea is that, like, nuclear energy is where we should go ultimately. And uh, and I know that, like, in America and maybe some other places, too, we have, like, a huge aversion to it um, because of what happened um, like, with, like, Chernobyl and Three Mile Island right. and everything like and that. Fukushima. Right. Yeah, more recently. Yeah. Um. So, but, and I need to do more research than I've already done by looking at, like, an online course that basically tells me that, you know, the electric grid doesn't care how its energy is made. And it will route it however it needs to route it as long as there's enough energy made, right? Right. So, and... And then also looking at other places around the world, like how Germany is very close to being all renewable and how their renewables are or is not just like one core source of energy. It's like multiple sources of energy. Yeah. Um, also, the first city in America um, that did that is Burlington, Vermont. OK. Where they're 100 percent renewable, but it's not one renewable source. It's like. I told you, Vermont is the best. We're always on top of everything. I'm going to have the entire country ran on wind mm-hmm. and my hot air coming out of my mouth. Oh, my Lord. Bernie Sanders. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I like Bernie, guys. It's just it's fun to do the Larry David impression of him. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling tired. I'm going to go take a nap, <laughs> and then I'll be up for the next 72 hours yelling at people. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, so yeah, there, there's, that's a big thing that, you know, and uh, I mean, I, I guess if I'm being critical, like I do agree with, um, that, you know, our time is running out, but I can't say that I've done all the research to be like, 
Yeah, do we have eight years or nine years or 12 years or like the number of years that we have left before we get to an irreversible part of our climate where it's more instead of like changing our behavior now um, in order to remove the fact that we'd have to adapt to the changes later. And those in that adaptation would have to happen because we had a pretty large hand in creating it. So. So, yeah. yeah. Well, as my throw in a wrench into our serious topics topic this week, uh, I want to jump on the Baby Yoda (laughs) bandwagon. Awesome, man. And we want to talk, I want to bring us up, let's talk about uh, younger versions of Thames in in a segment I'm calling OK Boomer. (laughs) (laughs) No! And I I think in a a callback-esque version of this, we we've did a whole episode where we talked about the Disney afternoon and and thinking back to it I want to say Huey, Dewey and Louie uh-huh. are the first instance of a younger generation version of a cartoon character that we've seen that okay. we've popularized cuz they were the younger incarnation of Donald Duck mm-hmm. who was their uncle I don't know. I, I think their parents must have died tragically because we never really get that background. Yeah, on, that's true. On why they hang out with their uncle and then their great uncle. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, obviously the first. Uh, and then and then um, in that same era of the 90s, uh, sticking to the Disney afternoon, we had the Looney Tunes younger version with oh, Tiny Tunes. That's right. You know, where we had the, kind of the teenager version and you know, preteen teenager version mm-hmm. of all of our, our famous uh, Warner Brothers. Also coming out of the late 80s, the very awkward and strange Jim Henson produced Muppet Babies. Oh yeah, that joke was my shit though. Yeah. <laughs> Muppet Babies, the <laughs> dreams come true. <laughs> um, and uh and and then and all of these other than the Muppet Babies themselves were not actually the versions. They were kind of kin to mm-hmm. the versions. But the Muppet Babies were the baby versions of the Muppets. Apparently, they were all raised in a nursery together. Strange backstory. Yeah. Um. Another one. There was uh the kid Ghostbusters. Oh uh, yeah. That was a, a cartoon that was ran for a while. Uh, and, and if you Wikipedia, uh, younger versions of cartoons, uh, you end up with a pup named Scooby-Doo. I was going to mention that one. Yeah. That was my jam. Tom and Jerry's Kids. Oh my God. That was right. Uh, apparently there was a show called the Flintstone Kids. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, and Clifford Puppy Days. Oh wow. And Saved by the Bell in the New Class. No, I was kidding. <laughs> Saved by the Bell in the New Class. It still uh, had Screech. I know. And uh, Mr. Belding. I know. That was a joke. Right. That was a joke. <laughs> uh, and then now, of course, the, the hottest thing to hit uh, the internet in 20 years, Baby Yoda, who's both not a baby nor Yoda, <laughs> officially, because Yoda isn't the species that is Yoda's name. Right, yeah. I did some background on this. George Lucas never explains the species that is Yoda. Not in the slightest. <laughs> and we've only seen, like, at least in the original prequels, like Yaddle was another member of the Jedi High Council. And then, um, right. And I think you only see her in um, The Phantom Menace when 
um, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and Anakin all go to be like, I want to teach this boy to be a Jedi and shit. Yeah. And then they're like, I don't know. He old as fuck. He might become evil. But like, he's like, screw you. I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, so baby Yoda, as we're, we're, we're calling him affectionately now, hopefully at some point, and, and to those that are not in the know, this is all from the Mandalorian series on the Disney Plus channel. Uh, it comes out on Sundays, so episode five or so should be out tonight. So, uh, yeah, I think we're on episode six. six. Um, it has eight episodes total. Okay. Um, episode seven is coming out on Wednesday because Star Wars comes out on Friday. Oh. But then the one after that, episode eight, will be coming out on uh, Friday. Um, like the, for the, the next. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, what do you think of a? Uh, let's talk about him as a character, and then we'll talk to the about the internet's reaction to him, and, and then just in general, what do you do? You appreciate when uh, when a show takes its characters and and shows you a look. You know, as a as a human version, I made the Saved by the Bell mm-hmm. joke, but there is an example. Yeah. Young Sheldon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Young Sheldon. And then there's also um, Mixed Dish that came out recently that goes over uh, Bo's uh, childhood okay. as well, too. So From Blackish? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because uh, I know there's a third one now, too, right? Uh, so, like, Mixed Dish is the, the third of the three shows within that universe, for lack of a better word. Um, <laughs> the other one is Grownish, which is the on ish, Freeform. The issue. Uh, <laughs> the, the issue. <laughs> within the issue. Oh, no. <laughs> the ish-u. Oh, the yeah. Ish universe. Oh, God. I'm going to start calling it that. Like, <laughs> well, you know, according to the issue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh that's man. great. But, yeah, no, I, I like it. Like, so it's funny because, like, the nerdy part of me goes, like, um, I, I know there's a lot of things on the Internet about this baby and, I'm, like, baby in quotations because they're 50 years old right Right. for us right like adolescence goes until 18 but for that species we don't know how far adolescence goes especially and it's clearly acting like a child it's it's mm -hmm. acting like an infant yeah right so and especially you sense um a lad whole new world uh yoda lived uh, for just about uh, approximately 900 years yeah right so and to even go into a deeper cut of another space-based thing that has um a race of individuals who live a long ass time the asari in um mass effect lived close to a thousand years so their adolescence was also a long time too not as much as from what i remember as what this baby yoda is right. being 50 and kind of like you know still isn't Gaga. right isn't talking kind of looking at you like 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 what do you mean i can't touch this though <laughs> um but i remember like one of the party members in mass effect joins you and she's a hundred years old, but she's considered like a teenager, right? Right, and so like, and then like, based on our own ideas of how teenagers act, that's how like the writers kind of presented her too. I can't like, wait for Yoda her. teen. <laughs> <laughs> Hate you, Dad. I do. <laughs> oh jesus okay yeah he goes through like an emo phase oh my know? god like Groot is right now oh like, right yeah. <laughs> Groot, young Groot yeah They're like oh, i am Groot hey <laughs> don't sass me Groot 
Oh man. Oh jeez. So yeah, it's been it's an interesting thing. Uh and then kind of as the tail end of the discussion, uh how the internet has just taken to this mm-hmm. baby Yoda. I mean, it is crazy. His plush doll is sold out. Dang. And it hasn't came out yet. <laughs> um if you get the other one that's kind of like it's one of them squeezes and it makes noises and I mean, I I guess I should try and get uh because it's it's super ridiculous the noises it makes. Um, it uh, it doesn't make any. It's one of them squeezes and it oh. makes noises. There you go. So there's the what we sound like on the thing. Those are the noises the talking Yoda makes. First of all, they're terrible. They sound terrible. And <laughs> and for twenty, I think twenty nine ninety five, it can be yours. The last one where it sounds like it's screaming was it reacting to you holding up a a, a frog to it. It comes with the the screw top to the joystick thing from the Mandalorian ship. Oh, nice. The the cup that he sips on. Oh, yeah. Which is so perfect after the whole sip and tea mm-hmm. thing the internet's been doing. With oh, it, yeah. With like Kermit and things. Now we have a... a I know he's sip, sipping bone broth mm-hmm. officially in the show, but it looks like he's sipping tea. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there you go, folks. Uh, still, <laughs> whatever ten days shopping days till Christmas. Right, get uh, your baby Yoda. Get on. your baby Yoda, and and you can be hearing those sounds in your home. And that's all I had for my little interlude uh, into the show, where I bring up something not as serious. Wow, we're talking serious stuff. Uh, what other points did you want to make on our way out of the show, Chaz? Is that- uh, let me see. I- I'm trying to think of like in the three years. Like, let's see. Like, what other what other things can we talk about? I don't have anything like off the top of my head. Right. That I want to talk about like nothing that's really been like pressing that I needed to talk so, about. So looking forward, here's what I want. First of all, let's have less shootings, people. <laughs> Because we've literally had to reference a shooting almost every other episode of this show. I'm sure if we had done enough deep diving on the news mm-hmm. this week, we could have found one to reference. In fact, I know there were several. So uh, can we work on getting along together, guys? Let's not show up to our work or our girlfriend's house with guns or public places anymore. Let's try to do that. Also, uh, let's get our participation up. Let's vote in our local elections. Let's Let's show up at these town hall meetings and find out uh the issues that are local mm-hmm. um let's uh find out you know what the economic drivers are of my town and who i can talk to about making uh either my town go more uh climate uh you know nicer to the climate whether that's going to be changing your energy sources or um how what type of sources of products they use to make the roads or access for bike lanes and that type of thing. Uh, let's try and do our part to be vocal in our areas. I know there's some of the people that listen to the show aren't in major cities and things. And those are some of the places where more things can get done because things can get passed just by like a hundred people voting. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to see that looking forward into 2020 and our fourth year and the next three years of this show. Uh, and also um, let's, let's have some more, 
uh, voices run for government at all levels, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, they, they always talk about how you have to be born here to run for president. Well, that's not the case to run for Senate. It's not the case to run for Congress. It's not the case to run for your state, city, or local legislatures or government offices. So uh, if you're here and you're, you know, legal to the point that you know you pay your taxes and things i think you can run for most positions in this country i believe so and i think we can get uh, a lot more done if we get a lot more voices and and perspectives in the in the system of of our governments so that's what i'm doing as my my exit interview of this third Uh, (laughs) third year anniversary three year anniversary one uh i guess like to piggyback on that i do want us to focus on like us as individuals can do something to help the environment but we can't ignore the fact that 70 percent of our emissions are done by like corporations right so like if anything's going to be done it's putting the corporations in check and making sure that the corporations are held accountable for the impact that they're doing to the environment overall, whether it be like, you know, waterways or the amount of uh, particulates that they're throwing up into the atmosphere or, you know, reasonable um, sourcing of their materials and everything in between. Because uh, it is a very gestalt issue and it's a very holistic issue that um, and everyone intersects in a lot of different ways here that like the tangled web that is this. Right. Um, is a problem that like needs to continue getting the awareness, but ultimately, when the power is yours, as Captain Planet would say back in the nineties, <laughs> um, that we put the correct checks and balances into place that actually impedes and penalizes uh, those large corporations from doing those things and curtails that. And we did have a lot of that. Like, you know, uh, we had that with the EPA, but, you know, um, depending on who's in the office, uh, we've learned quite handedly that um, our institutions that are supposed to promote um, equity among individuals can become corrupt and say, fuck all that. And so, like, um, so I think that is something that, uh, we need to take care of. Um, I also think, like, um, on the state and local uh, election, too, just to book in what I was saying earlier, make sure that if anybody's bringing any sort of initiatives or state bills that are going to uh, bring more egalitarian and equitable things to voting, um, please go for that. Um, if you've ever thought that, like, it, it's crazy to say that voter ID laws are racist, like, right. look up things on why that is, because it's usually more about, like, you know, the tertiary things that doesn't look like it um, on the surface that make it that way and how they're being implemented and how that impacts things. Um, so I think there's, like, a lot of uh, structural things that I think we need to focus on in this next year and further years to come to make it so that, like, everyone's voice is heard. Uh, one that also doesn't get talked about a lot, too, is, um, uh, like, internet access as well, too, because, like, you need the internet to see this live stream. You need the internet to be able to download the podcast. There are still individuals. Like, the last time I heard the statistic, it was 38% of Americans are still without high-speed internet. Right. Um, And high-speed internet is the way news and everything travels these days, so... You know, doing things like that. I have heard, um, I think, Bernie Sanders is uh, putting forth, like, some proposal for a committee that's talking about, like, you know, nationalizing an effort for maybe public Internet. I don't know the details of it, but, you know, 
that's uh that's something that I learned from watching uh the Patriot Report. Uh-huh. Um yeah, and now you are in total darkness. I but know. anyway, uh but yeah. So of course like, you know, be active and you know, uh, and drop us a line at hylbox uh, at gmail dot com for things that you think need to be promoted, or things you'd like us to discuss, or things that you think uh, we require more nuance on to understand, or things that we need um, to actually like, you know, do in order to like get the sphere of like like understanding the problem, you know, ideating solutions, uh, developing that solution, and then implementing that solution. And then, of course, making sure that we maintain and sustain that solution so it keeps benefiting people generations to come. Yeah, sorry about that. I was I was literally just going to nudge the cat away from before he <laughs> knocked the thing over and he did knock. So those that watched the video, sorry for the uh, turbulence. It uh, happens. It's real life. As always, definitely hit us up at hylbox at gmail.com. Like and subscribe on the uh, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, you can hit me up on the Twitter sphere at C Town Mayor, uh, S E A T O W N M A Y O R, because I'm helping your municipality by the coast. <laughs> um, and shout out to everyone that listened. A one commenter on the show did mention we do need to get younger voices on the school boards. Sarah, who's watching. So that's another point. We've always said the school board is the kind of base level of government. That's it, true. It starts with the school board and it works its way up to your municipal area, to your county government, your state government. Um, I can't remember which episode, but we've talked about school boards a few times on mm -hmm. the show. So yeah, if we can get uh, a generational change in the voices that uh, control our schools and the uh, curriculum that goes on there and the even the daytime and that, that they're in school, the opportunities and activities that are available to them, uh, we need to get people on those school boards to get those changes through. So uh, shout out to Sarah for watching and for putting that comment on the screen. Heck yeah. Uh, Chaz, this has been a wonderful three years, man. Yes, indeed. Uh, uh, I hope you have a lovely holiday. Um, if we don't pick one up before then, we'll see you in 2020. Indeed. Uh, hopefully we can get one out uh, before the end of the year. Just kind of like, you know. I'll look back. Yeah, indeed. See what happens. See what the future has to hold and everything like that. And, of course, I could say my... Um, my handles but uh let's see you can follow me at chaz underscore bass on twitter you can follow me at chaz dash bass on instagram and uh tiktok but i'm a very bad social media person like other than like you know posting random stuff on my facebook page um and also like follow the how you live in facebook page as well go. too yeah. um because i've been still like for this three years still trying to figure out the best way to use that and it definitely wanted to be a resource for people who are looking to be more politically active and try to find resources for those things where they can be more politically active yeah and also just have a grander idea of like what's going on in the world and also what the different voices in the world are saying about different things so yeah that's a good one uh yeah check out the how you live in page and that's definitely where the majority of our engagement comes from uh, appreciate anyone who stopped in. We had at 1.5 viewers. It's gone up and down throughout. Uh, appreciate you guys watching that. If we hit the right save button when I close this out, maybe you guys can watch it uh, posthumously when the, the show's dead. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, uh, as long as the servers don't die, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been great, Chaz. Yes, it's been a great one, Mikkel. We out. Peace. Shit. Broke down.
brown Chevrolet sitting on Central. <laughs> Turning up my headphones, looking out the window. Laura Hill playing, it could be so simple. Damn, I just can't wait till I get on. What the hell is taking so long?